Hey, everybody. Welcome to StreamYard Connect. I'm Ross Brandt. We're here every Wednesday, 2 p.m. Eastern. We talk about all things StreamYard and the live streaming industry and share some video production tips for either for using StreamYard or today we're going to do something that's really, really going to be a lot of fun. We're going to talk about repurposing video, but instead of just talking about it, we also have about nine or ten different examples that we're going to play. Uh, my guest is Gord Eisman. He's a video strategist, a video editor, a YouTuber, and an expert in repurposing video and taking clips from your live stream shows and making short videos out of them for social media as well as longer videos for YouTube. And he's got some creative ideas that... Perhaps you didn't think of when it comes to repurposing. Maybe you're doing some repurposing. Maybe you're not. I certainly had a couple of different things that I would do with video, but they were pretty much always the same. And uh, from talking with Gord, I've been able to see a whole world of, of different ideas for repurposing video, for what you can do creatively, for all the different tools that are out there. We're going to get into a lot of that, and hopefully you'll come away with a good idea of what you can do, what's possible, and also that it isn't beyond reach of the average person. We often think these things are so complicated to do, to add little animations and text and captions, and it really is all possible either by yourself or through using somebody else by the variety of different tools. This is going to be an exciting show. Gord Eisman will be with us in just a few minutes and as we always do we welcome you to StreamYard Connect and we'll tell you a little bit about the three pillars of StreamYard there's Gord whoa let's roll back the uh slides so the three pillars of StreamYard as you see the co-founders on the left is Gage Vandenhop on the right is Dan Briggs our ease of use stability and professional-looking streams. And, of course, StreamYard goes to several different destinations. You can stream to Facebook, LinkedIn Live, YouTube, Periscope, which gets you on Twitter, and you can stream to your Twitch channel as well. And if that isn't enough, uh, we have custom RTMP with StreamYard, so you can put in a, a stream key from the destination, and you can stream uh, to just about any any destination that accepts RTMP, and now also if the destination requires a username and password, not all RTMP destinations will require that, but if they do, you can also enter that through StreamYard. So you have uh, the five destinations with built-in integration, and then you also have the ability to go to these other destinations using custom RTMP, which uh, there's videos up online. You can learn more about that or uh, even just message me and I'll, I'll show you how it's done. It, it's very easy. I should do a video on that sometime soon. And of course, we have multi-streaming. So if you're on the basic plan, you can go to two destinations. If you're on the pro plan, you can go to up to five destinations and uh, the basic plan and the pro plan have recordings, so you can download a higher quality recording of your video or just an audio file you can download to make a podcast out of it. And all the plans, including the free plan, I believe, come with a green screen ability, which uh, 
I'm using myself here. It looks like I'm in a studio, but it's actually a green screen. And, of course, we're on weekly. Uh, we started that at the beginning of this month, and through the summer we'll be going weekly, maybe beyond that. Uh, the favorite destination so far has been uh, StreamYard's Facebook page, but we also are live on my LinkedIn profile, the StreamYard Twitch channel, and my Periscope and Twitter as well. This is where you can find us. And we've got a couple of great guests I want to tell you about coming up the next couple of weeks. Next Wednesday, we have Dr. Tachi on. Uh, you may know her as the host of Mediascope. She's a phenomenal a live streamer, somebody who's been doing it for a long time, very knowledgeable on tech as well as sort of everything going on in the media and pop culture scene. And she's got some fun new toys. She's got the ATEM Mini uh, switch video switcher, so we're going to talk to Dr. Tachi about that and some of the other things she's doing with her show. And then in two weeks, we have Brent Basham from Podit.net. He's going to talk about booking guests for your live stream shows, some of the best practices for booking guests for live streams and podcasts and uh, get his insights. That's his area of expertise. And it's something we really haven't covered much on StreamYard Connect. So I look forward to getting into that. And of course, if you need tutorials to learn about StreamYard, uh, you can go to the StreamYard YouTube channel or you can go to my Livestream Universe channel, StreamYard YouTube channel. Gage has some great ones on there. I have some on my channel as well. Uh, and of course, you can ask questions in the StreamYard group, uh, which you can find StreamYard community group, I should say, on Facebook. And if you're not yet using StreamYard, well, it's time to get started. Just head on over to LivestreamUniverse.com slash StreamYard, LivestreamUniverse.com slash StreamYard, and you can begin using StreamYard. Get a free 14-day trial, test out the basic plan, some of those premium features, and uh, you can stream un pretty much unlimited. You can stream up to 20 hours a month on the free plan. If you move up to the basic plan, you get additional features you get multi-streaming to two destinations all good stuff it's great to have you here with us uh let's get to the news before we get to our guest gord eisman to talk about how to repurpose videos across social media and i just saw this from pod news it says you can now list podcasts audio podcasts on imdb and because i saw that news and i looked into it a little bit I found out you can also list video podcasts, online videos, and web series. So that includes live streaming. So IMDb, of course, is the Internet Movie Database, and it's where you see a lot of actors. You want to go find out what shows an actor was on or what movies they were in uh, or who worked on the set, who was in the cast, who the guest stars were on a TV show. IMDb is kind of the movie and and television cable database that people go to see who worked on what and if you'd like to be listed there the opportunity now for people creating web content web videos is there um if you create an episodic video it's going to go in made for tv with so if you have a show like like this show goes every week right so if i were to add it say as a video podcast or an online video series I would put it in the episodic made-for-TV subtype TV series. I don't know why, but that's how they're doing it 
For now, if it's a standalone, like you just did one video show and you want to add it to IMDb, you can add it to the made for video category and they ask you to add the keywords category podcast. Uh, There's a lot of instructions on the IMDb website. I actually uh, messaged them this morning, but haven't heard back about the difference between uh, whether a live stream show should be an audio uh, video pod, should be a video podcast or whether uh, it should be in the online video categories. I haven't heard back yet. And I assume you could probably fit it in either one. Um, I'm thinking video podcast might be good if it's a series, if it's a episodic content that you're doing over the long haul, but I'm going to look into it more. Maybe if somebody checks into that and decides to do this follow up, let me know what you, what you decided to do, how you decided to list, but it's an exciting opportunity for live streamers and podcasters to get listed in a database, uh, with professional actors and broadcasters and, the cast and crew of TV shows and movies. Uh, good stuff there from IMDb and our friends at Pod News. Also, I wanted to mention that beauty brands are live streaming a lot on TikTok. In fact, most people think of TikTok as short videos, but uh, there is a live streaming feature that's been a part of it. I don't use TikTok at all, so I'm just reporting. Uh, but I hear that there is a live streaming feature that hasn't been used that much, but has become much more popular during this time of quarantine and lockdown. And you have a lot of influencers who are using TikTok to sell merch, even without uh, having a built-in shopping feature. And beauty brands seem to be leading the way, although there's other brands in different industries that are are very active on TikTok. And my point of mentioning this isn't to say go use TikTok. My point of mentioning this is that you have everything you need with StreamYard or native live streaming on any of the platforms that you want to live stream. This is what's working for beauty brands. Uh, They're using TikTok to hold Q&A sessions with users, promote product launches, and host tutorials. Well, this is the heart of what live streaming can be on any platform using any third-party tool. So if you're hosting a show with StreamYard on Facebook Live or YouTube Live or you're you're going live from your phone on Instagram, you can do the same thing, Q&A sessions promote product launches, host tutorials. All these these are the type of content that, that live streaming is so great for. And while we may not yet have built-in ways for people to buy products directly from watching our video, although that seems to be in the works uh, later this year for Facebook, we still have uh, the same tools that these brands are investing so much in, whether it's on TikTok or it's on other platforms. So I wanted to make you aware of that, that we have everything we need right here. And uh, TikTok is working for some types of brands, but a lot of brands are using live streaming on other platforms. I'm Ross Brand. The show is StreamYard Connect. We're here every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, and we're going to bring on our guest in just a minute. But before we do, he was good enough to put together a little promo video that's Sort of a taste of what we're going to talk about as far as repurposing. Uh, I'll I'll just throw this up there now and uh, introduce our guest after the video. 
So let's bring on our guest is Gord Eisman. He's a video and YouTube consultant helping people succeed with video creation. He's a professional video editor and production specialist. He's the world's leading expert in teaching Camtasia, which is a screen casting and screen editing software package. Uh, does a lot of tutorials, has an amazing library on his YouTube channel. It's Gord Eisman is the name of his YouTube channel as well. He live streams, does great interviews, and uh, excited to have Gord joining us. Gord, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on StreamYard Connect. Oh, thank you, Ross. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm really excited for what we have to share with everybody today. So, Yeah, before we yeah. get into the heart of it, um, I'm just going to play a, a quick video clip <laughs> that's sort of typical of what I do to repurpose video. And then I'll show one that I did after talking with you over the weekend and getting your suggestions. So what people I think don't realize is that this isn't just talking into a mic. <laughs> right, right. Uh, a lot of what a voice actor does is taking the words on the page and making them sound real. All right. So that's that's my standard square video with some text above, a call to action below. But after talking to Gord. I tried to add some different features. Uh, let me know what you think in the chat. What people, I think, don't realize is that this isn't just talking into a mic. <laughs> right, right. Uh, a lot of what a voice actor does is taking the words on the page and making them sound real. Because mm -hmm. I'm in a very not real environment right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm in a padded room with headphones on my head and a microphone right. in my face and no one here other than me. <laughs> so if I'm trying to perform a script and make it sound like I'm actually talking to someone or that I'm uh, I'm in some kind of a situation, I have to play that situation out in my head so that it sounds real, so that it doesn't sound like it's put on, you know, so that someone listening would actually believe that I know what I'm saying. <laughs> Right, right. And and that takes coaching and it takes acting and it takes good theater of the mind. And this is something that you do have to learn. So thank you, Gord. That was a, a lot of fun putting that together. And I learned that some of the features like adding the progress bar and adding the text, uh, for example, you don't have to add every word. You can actually just highlight certain key points or certain key sentences but adding a progress bar isn't something that's beyond the reach of the average person using editing software uh, what are your thoughts as far as that video and then we'll get into some general yeah. things and we have a whole bunch of videos to show you of sure. different types as well so what i really liked about the second video was that it kept my interest more because there was a lot more um, activity, things happening in the in the course of the video executing. Like you said, you have a progress bar moving along, and you didn't. You, although it's uh, uh, burned in captions, you picked certain phrases where you you uh, showed the information, so you you can do the closed captioning that puts all the words out there, or you can emphasize certain messaging. You know, pretty well, you have the creativity that you want to put into to uh, your creation. But that second video video had a much more lively feel as opposed to a more static experience, I'll call it for lack of a better word, in, right, in right. the first one. And, and you saw that it didn't take you all that much 
extra effort to figure out how to do it after we had a little talk. Sure enough, you were able to produce it pretty quickly. And the one last point I wanted to reference is because you were able to change things up enough, you had a few uh, different screens at the end and you had call to actions throughout. So this is very important to get sort of the video marketing value out of the repurposed content that you created, where the first one did have call to action in it, but it was not as um, connecting and triggering as right. was the second version that had multiple elements in in what you uh, created. Well, let's talk about the value of repurposing live streaming content and and why you think it's important and why you think more people should be considering repurposing, sharing clips from their live stream videos on social media after the show is over, after they've downloaded the recording. Okay, so... This is very interesting because I've, I pull a lot of people and ask them, why aren't you repurposing uh, your live streams? And, you know, you have such an incredible treasure trove of content that you've already created. It's already produced. It's out there in some way, shape or form. So now you have, to me, I look at it as a potential vault of content. And because there's more and more pressure, increasing pressure to get our no like, and trust factor out there, get our brand shown, we... we we have the pressure to publish out on social and to do stuff for video marketing. And what better way than to, to repurpose something that you've already done and, you know, pull out nuggets from it. And, you know, we can talk about the details of what kind of things to pull out. But you and I had a talk in that particular show that you did last week with Jody Krangle. We easily found at least 10, 10 pieces of content that we could repurpose out of there and some of the examples we look we look at today are are that exact thing so so when you talk about repurposing obviously you mentioned the, the call to action and one of the things that i did was i sent people to watch the replay and that's often what people think you pull a clip and you use it to tease the show that that clip was from but there's other types of calls to action that people might want to put into repurposed video you take a clip from a show but maybe there's other things you want to do besides just sending people to watch that show what are some other popular call to actions that you've put into videos okay so for example with with your show that was done last week i look at okay if i'm going to put a promo promo up on a secondary platform i call it secondary because our primary one may be where the native upload or the live stream was recorded so let's say for me it's it's youtube for you it's it's facebook but if i'm going to put a promotion say on instagram i might want to pull out a piece that may be an intro introducing the client so that it's uh the client the guest so that it's like right. a teaser a teaser in essence for someone to go either watch uh, another show live or go watch this show in a replay and then you can package it up into something nice and short and and the intro usually has a bit of bio and and you know that's one example of a kind of uh, repurposed content that you that you can use and there are many others so in an interview as an example if that's what your live stream was about you cover many topics and have you know conversations and you uh, answer certain there's certain questions and answers that come up or challenges and that, that there's you know solutions or even things like anecdotes mm -hmm. so if you took take a real you know scan of what's there and look for these kinds of things you usually find that you can get 
a whole bunch of examples and some of the examples that we have to show today uh the additional ones as well are are examples of that that nature with uh your show from last week what else would you say that people should look for when they're repurposing video i mean there's an art to finding the clip to pull or the you know the the video image or whatever you depending on the type of of repurposing you're doing but are there certain cues that you look for so when you have that one hour video and you need to quickly get to okay i need to pull a quick clip clip and yeah. get that up on social media quickly to drive yeah. people to watch the replay i may not be able to sit through the whole video or analyze yeah. it how do you what do you look for to quickly grab some content from a, a live stream recording Okay, so, uh, you know, something that you would find to be, uh, uh, you know, attention grabbing or entertaining or informative, you know, in, in a broad description. I mean, the other examples I gave were, were more specific, but, you know, you just, you can, you know, almost look for where the interviewer is going to talk and then uh, the guest follow in, in ter- right. and you can probably locate things to quickly analyze. And, uh, you know, I think that that's one, you know, easy way of being able to come up with uh, points or entry points throughout the, the course of the live stream to look. And sometimes it could be as simple as taking um, a quote that they, they may have stated. Uh, that's an interesting factoid. And uh, we have an example of one of those as well to share with, with the people. So, yeah, I, I look for educational, um, you know, in, uh, entertaining kind of content and something that piques my curiosity to, uh, to pull out. And uh, it, then you can, you know, do nice snackable sizes that, that fit better on these uh, other platforms. I'm calling them secondary platforms and use those to feed traffic. Um, back to your primary platform if you want them to watch those original live streams or if you want to pull them uh, direct them to a website or to an offer you know you want to be sure that your calls to action are in alignment or or or, or relevant and have a context with with what you've been presenting and packaging up in in that uh, repurposed piece of content so, now the fr- for example, the f- oh, I was ahead. just going to say one last point. Like, yeah, so, for ahead. example, um, at the end of, of uh, that sample you showed us, um, you mentioned to people about c- coming to the StreamYard, the Facebook um, page to come and watch, as well as to ex- uh, explore getting a license if they want to. So you had two calls to action in there, right? Just right. as an example. So you, th- there it is. There's uh, showing a product or service that you can communicate in a call to action. And um, the other one was to go and watch more uh, content. I'm just going to refresh <laughs> for people that, that video that I played earlier. What people I think don't realize is that this isn't just talking into a mic. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, a lot of what a voice actor does is taking the... So um, <laughs> why, the reason I showed that again is that one was created with ScreenFlow. Mm-hmm. Your expertise, one of your areas of expertise, uh, you know, really world-renowned is Camtasia. Uh, ScreenFlow is a Mac-only product. Camtasia is what people use who are using Windows and want something like ScreenFlow, although it is also a Mac product. Right. Tell us what the advantage of using something like ScreenFlow or Camtasia is or just, you know, what your thoughts are on what we did there. Uh, okay. in, 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 in screen flow, but could have done in Camtasia as well. Yeah. So this is, um, 
an interesting question because a lot of people come to the table with a different set of skills and affinity to do video editing or not. So there's been a huge proliferation of tools out there now for people to quickly create content and repurpose content. And when you're working with something like ScreenFlow Camtasia or Premiere Pro or other other uh, editors uh, that are more robust, you have more creative freedom in the content and precision control over what you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. What they've done with a lot of these tools that have come out, uh, they've sort of limited, limited the scope of creative control, but they've created so many pre-built templates and packages that allow you to get sophisticated and interesting animations, for example, that you may otherwise never have the skill to do if you weren't going to dive deep into an editor. So I think it's very fascinating now that we're getting the ability to have like really slick looking content in the hands of people that, you know, created it via just having to click certain buttons and be patient. And a lot of these are web-based solutions. So, you know, they involve uploading and every time you do a change, it's saving across to the cloud. So it's a different experience as compared to what those of us do that work with more robust editors, as an example. We've got some great people joining us. Tristan yeah. John Griffiths is here. He does uh, a wonderful couple of live streams every day, it seems like. Uh, multi-camera shots using StreamYard and, and uh different uh mobile devices uh we have mitch jackson watching on linkedin good to see you mitch terry mcgonigal is here uh our friend brad friedman has a question let's bring that right in he's brad says what type of business is most likely to get the most benefit from repurposing video well i i don't like to think of that as restrictive I want to think of it as restrictive like that because whether you're a small business or larger business, the fact is there's different videos you need to produce for different stages of the buyer's journey and getting your brand and awareness and trust in, uh, out there you know, involves a lot of content at that stage of, of, of the funnel, so to speak. So whether you're small or large, I think you know, the repurposed content is, is, is a benefit, um, you know, uh, I, I, we can go back to the concept we described before. If people are trying to produce a, uh, to set up a content strategy and produce over a period of time, you know, they're always looking to continue to create and repurpose content is a great resource to do that. So I think it also helps, you know, level the playing field more, whether you're a small entrepreneur or business or, or something bigger, if, you know, now with the ability to have more um, interesting production capability in the hands of people that may may not have the resources to spend that a, a corporation might helps to um, strengthen the polish on what you deliver out to, to the world to get to know you. Yeah, good to see people yeah. joining from all over the world. England, Kenya. Kenny, awesome. good to see you. Marek, welcome. Uh, good to see uh, next week's guest, Dr. Tachi, in the chat as well. And, Gord, we've got some examples. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's get right to them, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play the video first, and then we'll come back. You can uh, kind of tell us what you were thinking, why you chose whatever technique you chose or tool Whatever you want to, wherever you want to go with it, we've got some examples from 
from different tools. None of the rest of the videos we have were made in ScreenFlow, so you'll get to see some some really different tools and different ideas. And the first one we're going to go to is an audiogram made in Headliner. A lot of what a voice actor does is taking the words on the page and making them sound real. Because mm-hmm. I'm in a very not real environment right now. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm in a padded room with headphones on my head and a microphone right. in my face and no one here other than me. <laughs> so if I'm trying to perform a script and make it sound like I'm actually talking to someone or that I'm uh, I'm in some kind of a situation, I have to play that situation out in my head. So that it sounds real so that it doesn't sound like it's put on, you know, so that someone listening would actually believe that I know what I'm saying. (laughs) So there is uh, some of the video. I gave Gord some of the video from last week's show and basically said, do what you want to do with it. And um, he came up with all these great examples. So tell us about the audiogram and you uh, you use the progress bar there a little bit about what you were going for there. Sure. So one of the tools that I've used a lot and had a lot of fun with is something called Headliner. And it's, um, I think, most popularly or most well-known for the audiogram. And as you can see, there was a nice cool waveform that synced the voice print to uh what what you're saying and um it's just cool and whether you want to put an image in there or a video you can do that or you can do what we did we used a video as a source but we didn't use it for audiogram so it has a diversity of potential and what i wanted you to see here by just showing this this slide that ross has up is is that the the headliner um editors is you know it's pretty simple and, and straightforward, you you have um, tracks on the left side where you can put your media and your, your audio and your text, and you can get th- those text tracks sort of preset up for you, and then you can also export SRT files. So there's a lot of capability, and it's not like overloaded with features, and that's what I really like. And there's different style templates that you can work from to start with to give you a good head start. That's that's one of the big features of these kinds of tools is that, you know, you can get started with something and not have to have, you know, that full foundational skill in a more advanced editor. But that right. said, in a more advanced editor, you can also create templates and stuff. And that's something that I do, for example, and, and will design templates that fit someone's brand and the kind of effects and approach they want to have the in terms of style to represent their brand and then you have those things and you can reuse them too but these are tools they're web-based and it's pretty amazing and and i really love it and if you pop to the next slide there that we have um ross with with headliner it goes to show you that we we're looking on one side on the right side on text properties and if you can see how simple it is we can control the duration with just a slider that's what's we're seeing on the right side there at the top so there's a transition in and out and we can do fade in zoom in zoom out right just some very simple uh, transitions a small selection and then uh on the left side you can see that with with the video we can do some stuff around duration and some st- stuff related to setting the transition uh transitions as well and and you can see that it it's not overwhelming and it's, it's simple right. to use i just love the the tool for that so and, i wanted and the, to share a few of the features with everyone so and the fact is that it. you're you're an expert in more sophisticated tools such as camtasia and you also know how to use 
uh, Da Vinci Resolve you're learning, which is, you know, what film editors use. Uh, and yet you use a lot of these different tools as well on your own. Is it just the, is it just the time to market? Is it the fact that it, it's, you got a lot of variety, but you don't have to do a lot of steps to get it done. What, what is the attraction for somebody like you to still use a tool like headliner or in video, which you also used in a, in a later sample? Yeah. So I'm one of these types of people that look at all the tools as, you know, like I'm wearing a tool belt with all kinds of different tools in there. And what I, what I try to do is think about what I'm trying to produce as an outcome. And sometimes I may be able to achieve that result all with one tool, one of the more advanced editors, or I may decide, you know what, I can go to something like Placeit or NVIDIA or Headliner, some of these tools that we're going to be looking at here and pull a piece or a segment and add it into Camtasia to make it part of a bigger production. So I really look at it as if I have a tool set. But for many people who aren't really diving into these kind of tools and just want something web-based, they're willing to pay a little subscription. They can Mm -hmm. create a lot of things like the intros, outros, uh, small, you know, video marketing, snackable types of content they can create. (laughs) Pardon me. So... I, I look at it as what's the right tool for the right purpose. So in, in this example, I wanted an audiogram. So I, Headliner was automatically a go-to for that. And then I wanted to show that it can also be used for video, but you don't have as much flexibility in the video editing and other capabilities of well, the product. But wow. Let's take a look. Let's take a look at what you did fast. with the video. Oh. What people I think don't realize is that this isn't just wrong. Oops. A lot of what, a voice actor does is taking the words on the page and making them sound real because Mm -hmm. I'm in a very not real environment right now. (laughs) I mean, you know, I'm in a padded room with headphones on my. So you get an idea there. What you did was you burned in those captions. Right. And, and it was very easy to edit, but we didn't have as much control over the video. So if you notice that you and Jody were kind of like, cut off a bit on the sides but that's because of limitations of what i can do with uh cropping and other thing i can really only zoom in and do certain things so in 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 that case if i if i needed to have it more perfect i may not have used headliner to get that result but was just wanted you to see that we did burned in captions there as well so well let's take a look at another example this one's from a tool called subtitle and you focused on a q a quip clip where i'm asking the question, and then Jody's responding. How long have you been doing voice acting? How did you get into it? Well, I've been doing it since 2007, so I guess this is my 13th year. <laughs> wow. And uh, I got into it because I started volunteering my time at the CNIB, which is the Canadian National Institute for the Blind. And on those days when, when we, that was 95, 96, I didn't know what voiceover was until I started doing that. I, I really didn't understand it at all. And we were still working on reel-to-reel tapes. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. So I, that is uh, subtitle. Tell us a little bit about yeah. that and what, what you like or don't like about that tool. Okay, so right off you can see we're working with a visual metaphor that's not based on like a timeline track to sort of edit our our words. And this is more natural for people to read. I found this tool very quick and easy to work with. And those little, um, I don't know, six dot things are control points for you to like set where you want to have the breaks and the lines. 
So I just found this very easy and simple to work with. And if you and and uh, the the quality of the text was very crisp. And if you t- pop to the next sl- slide, Ross, I can sort of just give a little sure. more clarity also about how the editing experience works. So with this, now you can see that you have the ability to things like, you know, I click if I want a headline, all right? Uh, if I want the text centered or to the left or right, I can control my captioning position, all right? I can zoom. Like, do you see how it's just like click a few buttons? And right. and on the right side, um, you know, see where the headline positions. And then there's add-on elements in the bottom right. What you see there is the ability to add a logo or a progress bar. And and so it was, you know, it's click, click, click. And you're done. You're 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 more limited into the scope of what you can do, but for what it is, and and to be able to produce it fast, this tool worked great. And, I thought and it looked very professional. It. I thought the output looked very professional. And one thing I think we should point out is that some of these you chose to make, you know, nine by sixteen for Instagram stories. Some square which works mm-hmm. on a lot of different social platforms. Uh, most people associate it with Instagram posts, but you can use that on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on, on a ver- variety of, of different platforms. And then this was uh, a, a more of a, the traditional widescreen, uh, you know, horizontal landscape video. Um, were you just trying different ones or was there a reason, say, you chose to do this one in, in, in uh, landscape? Um, there wasn't a particular reason, but what I really liked about this, as you can see how crisp the quality was with the text and scaling it. And it just looked really nice. And yes, 16 by nine, nine by 16, one to one, those are the the most common, you know, aspect ratios. And depending on which kind of, uh, target environment or platform you're going to be putting your, your, uh, content into that will determine which base design. And you're going to find that most of these have the the full options to choose one or the other. What's cool is with some of the more sophisticated ones that have templates, the templates already been adapted with the design to work in one aspect ratio or another. So, so you can change you're not it up. To do a lot of fit a right. lot of fiddling to change it up if you wanted. That fiddling more comes with when you're putting in your own content to add in the mix to to uh, work on the production. Okay, let's let's okay. move on to sure. in video and this was a quote video that you put together. There is room for all sorts of different sounds. Really it's not how you sound, it's what you do with it. And the coaching is what gets you there. Yeah, I I really love in video. It has so much power um and I just enjoyed you know playing with things like the the um the, the effects and transitions. So like there on the right, you see where there's, it says zoom about mid screen there on the right side. Right, right. There's a little scroll bar. You can scroll down and there's several categories of effects there that uh, you could use. And if you, if you notice, can you just play the, the clip once more, Ross? Sure, I think it's sure. important. So I just want to. There is room for all sorts of different sounds. Really, it's not how you sound. It's what you do with it. And the coaching is what gets you there. Okay, so you saw how the pictures and and the StreamYard logo sort of rolled in from the outside, and then we had a slow-moving right. quote crossbar at the top, and then the text 
came from the inside out in a different, each one of those things has a different animation effect and you have the ability to tweak them and play with all kinds of different versions of that as well as the colors, as well as the timing. There's different levels of editing. You can use a basic editor or, or um, the, the advanced one which gives more timeline specific control and it, it's, it was just you know a joy to use to explore with a little more flexibility and capability than mm-hmm. some of the predecessors that we looked at. So for some, um, that's adding more complexity. And for others, it's like, wow, I'm excited because now I can do more. So this is why I say people need to try a bunch of these different tools and right. think about the outcome they want to produce. And and they'll find out what kind of tools they like in, in, their, in, their, tool, in their tool chest or their whatever set of tools they carry around their waist right 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 um what i like about this what you did with this is for podcasters for live streamers who don't put their camera on but but basically broadcast audio only with an avatar you actually didn't use any video from the show you used audio from the show but it felt very much more video-ish than did say an audiogram because you had her picture tumble in animated. You had the text coming in. There always felt like there was movement, which makes you feel like it made you feel like you're watching a video, even though it didn't actually have video yeah. of me or her speaking at all. Yeah. yeah. And a few other things I'd like to add to that. Let's not sure. forget the music. That adds another dimension to the feel of, of uh, the content. And uh, several of the examples we have have music added. But I actually did take this picture, snapped it from the live stream because you had a picture of Jody in it. So your creativity in terms of what you extract from that can be whatever you want. So, you know, yes, we'd ideally want to get an image that was the highest res possible or Mm -hmm. at at least sufficient to to show well on, on, on the web. But... You know, in this case, I just took a snap of that picture inside the video mm-hmm. with something like Snagit, which I use all the time, and and added it as the element in here to uh, edit into this simple quote example. And I love the quote example because this is one of the kinds of pieces of content that you can make relatively more quickly than some of the other things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe you grab a few quotes from from uh, from the show, and that's why... You know how you said, well, how do you find out what to, to grab from there? Well, I found this to be a very interesting message that, that Jody shared. So, bang, I just grabbed the sentence, and right. now I have a piece of content. Let's move to Place It, where you okay. did something that was slideshow style. Let's take a look at this video. Okay, so I I, I love you this know. one for for so many reasons. If you look, there was there was pans going on, zoom outs, different effects with the text coming in and out for different uh, sections. So this was like just amazing uh, the sophistication that's there. Um, and when you look at what you have to do to actually um, make it happen, there's not much to do. 
Again, it's web-based, and Mm -hmm. a lot of people are enjoying this product because it's not just for the kind of purpose we're doing. There's a whole plethora of designs and templates that they have to service print digital print media and other purposes. So, you know, that's something for people to explore. But if you look at the screen right here, if mm-hmm. you saw, we had the screen with the text. <clears throat> this was one of the middle screens. And all you have to do is set your colors on the right-hand side. If you want at the top, you can change your audio track. And it has a fade-in and fade-out control. Right. And if I if I wanted to change my video down in the right side, I would I could click... Uh, to on the scissors that you see there and that would bring uh, a pop-up like you see that I embedded in the slide here with um, Jody and I could control plus and minus to zoom and then slide the the place where in the video I wanted to extract my content so again not elaborate stuff in terms of what I can do with the uh, what I extract and, and and cut but simple and then when it's inside like I said, you got the color adjustments on the left and uh, uh, sorry on the right, <laughs> and on the left side, you can key in the text. And if you notice that, there's also text position, text mm-hmm. alignment, and playback speed. So, in a, in a, in a more robust editor, you have more finer grain control of all of those things. Here, it's simple. I want it at the top, the middle, or the right side, or the bottom. I want the text in the middle, or I want to go a little slower, a little faster. So for most people that want to quickly create stuff, if you think about it, this convenience just makes it, you know, easier to quick, more quickly create. <laughs> now, we, we also should mention, um, if you're okay, I'm sure you're okay uh, with mentioning this. And are you okay there? You need a drink? <laughs> yeah, sorry. No, no. Yeah. Um, what I wanted to mention is that, um, I actually have a subscription to PlaySit that I got recently. Haven't really used it much yet. Um, but one frustration that you had, and I say this, you know, because it's worth pointing out, is that although the tool seems like it's easy to use, it took a while for this video to render for you, right? Yeah, so sometimes, depending on the traffic and how busy the servers are for a given product, you the experience to... Um, render or move through each piece and update it's when you go to do the updates or bring something new in can take a little bit of time and then you have the processing time for it to render on the server side and bring it back to you but you know if you're used to instantaneous response Mm -hmm. for those things when you're using like camtasia in my case or ScreenFlow for you you know you're kind of spoiled that so but that's okay the the what you're getting back in terms right. of sophistication with simplification, uh, is quite powerful. You don't have to learn how to do those animations and those different techniques to the extent that you would in a more robust exactly. editor, like in Camtasia or ScreenFlow. I'd have to figure out how to do video actions, and whereas this exactly. is like, okay, choose this one. Oh, that looks cool. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're going to do one uh, one more. Uh, this one would be uh, a vertical video, and it was done in Camtasia. I yeah. think I labeled it slideshow, which is not correct, but we'll figure out what it is as we all watch okay. it together. How is using your voice for voiceovers different than, for example, being a guest on a talk show, which you are right now, or recording your own podcast, yeah. uh, or speaking in front of a group? 
how, how do you approach a script, uh, particularly a voice acting script, rather than sort of a monotone reading the news, showing no emotion kind of script? Mm-hmm. But how do you uh, approach a, a commercial script differently than you would approach any other type of, uh, of way that we would communicate normally? I think it depends on what the script is. If I'm looking at a commercial, for instance, and the client has been so kind as to give me a piece of music that they're going to put behind that commercial when they've got my audio, oh my God, that is so much easier. (laughs) Um, It's just, as a musician, when I hear the music that goes along with something, I can get to that tone that they want almost immediately. It's (laughs) It's just how the music makes you feel emotionally and the emotion that you want to convey to your audience, they, they kind of become melded together when you hear the music that's going to go along with the audio. But I don't always get that audio. So I kind of have to analyze the script before I go through it. And part of that is figuring out how formal or how casual it is. A lot of what... A- Oh, there we go. <laughs> I'm back. I was thought you uh, disappeared or something. <laughs> no, I, I, okay. I love that one, except there's a little too much me in it because I asked a very long question, would have loved it to just ask the final question amongst the. But it, it, I see what I, you I, were doing there. You wanted to have enough video of both of us to make sense to to stack them. Talk about that yeah. technique so, and how you were able to take the the widescreen with two video windows like we have and make a vertical video from it yeah so this is an example where you have full creative freedom and by design what i wanted to do was stack so i took two feeds or put on two tracks the video that you had from the live stream extracted the section that i wanted to use cropped the images stack them together. Now I have the ability to play the two of you, one on top of the other. And now I've got something in the nine by 16 format that I can post on something like stories. So um, I that was my intention. So remember I said, think about the outcome, what you want to do. So I was looking for a design like that. I wanted both of you in. So I wouldn't have really been able to accommodate it in one of the uh, other um, tools that wouldn't have allowed me to break things up like this and have this kind of edit control. I also put a motion background in with with StreamYard branding yeah. with a text logo and and sort of did three of them and had them like you know sc- uh, scroll to the right on an angle and and showed that showing periodically throughout. So creatively, that gives the sub, you know the little subliminal reminders that that StreamYard branding is is present and then. Um, I also had the ability to introduce the call to actions, sort of like you did with your screen flow example mm-hmm. in the beginning. So we talked about, you know, having full control over the elements and, and what you want to do. So when you're looking at the editor here, it looks all sophisticated and layered. So you can see to someone like for me, this this is not a big deal to produce. And a lot of the stuff is just knowing the techniques. And once you do, it's easy, easy to, to produce. But you can now create templates in things like um, Camtasia and I could in essence create my own kind of templates for customers that, you know, in, instead of using tools like Placeit, so come up with their own kind of unique branded stuff. So right. there's more power there and we had a lot more elements in the, in the design. Those animations of bringing in just uh, sliding up the, uh, the uh, StreamYard Connects 
uh, image in the beginning. I went from narrow to wide right, right. and different things. Like they're just subtle things that you may not notice, but I, I just decided to do that creatively. And if you look at the last slide, uh, what I wanted to show you, um, sure. it, it, it sort of epitomizes the difference between using the kind of some of the web-based tools that may not have the full sophistication. So what you can see here is you've got, uh, you know, on the left side is what I'll call Camtasia's toolbar. So it, it has all kinds of different tools in there. And if you click on one of them, for example, the first one is is where is, is, is called is annotations, which brings up this callouts uh, box on the, the on the the second box on the screen there, and there's all kinds of things you can throw on the screen and do conceptually creatively. Likewise, transitions. The next box over, there's a whole bunch of tr creative transitions that you can use. Then behaviors, those are like anim animations that you can right. apply. So and then visual effects. So if you think about it, you have a big tool set within one product, and you have a lot of creative freedom. So I hope people got an appreciation to see that there's different levels of skill required to utilize different technologies. And I think people need to evaluate how much energy and effort they want to put into that right. uh, editing to determine what kind of tool makes sense for what they want to do. And for some people, they want to have nothing to do with it and they, they want to go towards outsourcing. So there's all kinds of options. I just wanted to share today a few yeah. of those permutations, and there's countless more tools to look at. And, um, you know, I'm curious, Ross, if the people could share with us if they're repurposing, say, like a yes or something, if they do do repurposing of live stream content they've produced. And um, if they're using other tools, maybe they can share with us the names of what those tools are. That'd be cool to know. Yeah, that would be a great way to uh, to get some feedback on mm -hmm. what people are using. Um, I want to bring in a question here from our friend Andrew, who's watching over on LinkedIn. How do you determine the style of music you use for your clips? That's a great question. That's something, uh, you know, when I'm doing longer form videos, I may end up spending sometimes an hour... Or, or even longer, uh, exploring audio. And I'll use all kinds of different sources. To me, it's mostly about a feel. And what's cool is a lot of these um, sites that have the, the web-based tools, they have they have their own internal analysis and in it, in it assess and recommends some, some tracks for you. So there's like a default one. If you don't like it, then you can select and change. But to me, it's a lot about the feel. And, and you know, you want to be sure that you're not you know, having the music blast over the voice. And if, if something's like, you know, dance hip hop and it's not going to blend with a serious message, well, you know, you're not really looking for that kind of thing. So I, 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 I build that muscle, I call it by experience and trying different things. And then you get to know what you're looking for. And it's always good to go to some of those music stock music sites or royalty free sites and right. and play with stuff and and um see what you find that that makes sense and over time when you you play with it you'll get more experience of what kind of music matches the mood or tone that you want to deliver in in that particular creation third coast learning says that even canva now allows very basic video editing tools and uh, Dr. Tachi, who's going to be our guest next week, we're going to get into gear and what's going on throughout the social media scene. But she mentions that she loves Headliner. So mm. you hit on one of her one of That's her great. favorites. Um, 
And I guess in the in the time we have left, I just want to ask you, we talked a little bit about it, but repurposing is a challenge for people, and a lot of people aren't doing it. What are some of the reasons that people aren't repurposing and maybe how they can overcome that if that's something they need to do? Well, this is a great question. And, you know, I think some people feel that, well, I've created that content and I got my next live stream in a certain period of time or other stuff to do. So it's very easy to say that's been done. And I say, whoa, what a shame because you potentially have something that can create several more pieces of content in micro content sizes that will help uh, support you in your 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 content delivery. Um, and so one thing is some people just feel that they don't even think about it at repurposing as as a as a need, and others may feel in, intimidated by um, what's involved. You know, I, I shared a lot of things and. Mm-hmm showed a lot of different tools it could be overwhelming to people but i think you just need to get started and try and and um you're gonna see that you can you can do a lot so i think some people feel that maybe they don't have the skill to do it but i think there's a lot of tools out there now that you can 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 do a lot of things creatively and um you know try and adapt something and 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 get into it (laughs) yeah quick quick if you can quick answer on this Marek live asks can it be edited in different languages and i'm wondering if there is actually the ability within some of these tools to add to you get your captions and then can you actually you know you you record in english can you ask for spanish or french or another language for your captions that's a very good question. I personally haven't focused a lot on using the multi-language support, but some tools do have multi-language support. I don't know which ones to pinpoint mm-hmm. for you now, but I used to do the old copy paste into Google Translate and copy over, but that doesn't help, you know, um, allocate the the uh, punctuation and and uh, distribution of how the content should sync with the audio, right? I think part of the problem is, is that the the, the technologies or the AI that works is, is, is predominantly working in something like English to, right. to what's, what's spoken. That other act is more of like a translation effort, and, and that can be done. So if you create an SRT file, right, from something like Headliner, if there wasn't multi-language support, and I apologize, I don't know the answer to that if it's in Headliner or not. But if you took that SRT file out and went to something like a Rev or .com or some of these other uh, services, mm-hmm. you can ask for a translation of that, and they'll produce an SRT file version back for you that has that foreign language all done. And there's also some third-party products that that do this as well. But you know, as to the quality of the translation, that's something you're going to have to check out. And you know, some tools that just auto-generate it may not give the best result but you can take an english translated version and use a service and convert into all kinds of languages if that's what you want to do and for many on putting on certain platforms for example youtube that can be of great value to open your content up to other audiences that are looking for that language translation in the captioning absolutely gord it's been great having you on i also want to thank you gord has a free offer for anybody who's uh, a part of the StreamYard community, you can go to his website. Tell us about uh, your ebook and uh, what people can do to get it and uh, to become part of your community. So, um, 
a while back, I thought about how can I help people that are in like a home studio kind of environment. And ironically, I created this long before we had the pandemic challenges that have come about. But I go through all kinds of topics in this on everything from how, what kind of set backdrop, uh, if I want to do green screening, what should I do to set up my location, advice on microphones, lighting, how to set that stuff up. There's a whole host of content in there to help you on, on all those aspects, plus how to look at gear selection for things like microphones, cameras. So it's a, it's a pretty big uh, book and uh, you can just enjoy it and, and explore and maybe you'll learn some good things to help you in your own studio to tweak or set up if you haven't you know, dived in yet. And you can see it right on the homepage at Gord Eisman, G-O-R-D-I-S-M-A-N dot com. Also, Gord has uh, free consulting. If you'd like to set an appointment, you can spend 30 minutes with Gord, get your questions about repurposing answered. Uh, you can go to his consulting uh, address there, book me dot name slash Gord Eisman, book me dot name slash Gord Eisman. You can set a 30 minute call and uh, see what's possible for you with repurposing. Of course, Gord also does repurposing packages for clients as well. If you're looking to have that done for you, Gord, feel free to throw that uh, address into the chat book me dot name slash Gord Eisman. And, uh, Gord, it's been a pleasure having you on. Thanks so much for, really, you get the award. You get the award for most preparation ever done by a guest on any of my shows, coming with uh, seven or eight videos and uh, a wealth of knowledge. Thank you so much. It's great having you on. Thank you, Ross. It's a pleasure to be here, and I'm so grateful that we got to cover it all and, and people got to see what it's like to experience all kinds of different options that are out there thanks so much gord and also uh gord's a youtuber he's got uh, quite a following especially in the video editing niche so you can check him out uh, again gord eisman youtube.com slash gord eisman and we'll tell you about the Streamyard shows it's not just this show every wednesday right here on Streamyard. we also have the Streamyard town hall hosted by the co-founders gage vandentop and dan briggs that's 9 p.m eastern sunday nights you can find it on facebook live youtube live periscope which means you can watch it on twitter and on linkedin and then every thursday night is Streamyard spotlight with dana benz she hosts the show on Facebook, on the Facebook page, and in the StreamYard community Facebook group. That's Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern. Check that out tomorrow night. She interviews a, a lot of different StreamYard users, finds out how they're using the platform, and they share some insights and tips from what they're doing with it. Um, so many interesting ways people are using StreamYard. If you're not yet using StreamYard, Check it out, livestreamuniverse.com slash streamyard, livestreamuniverse.com slash streamyard. Easy for me to say, livestreamuniverse.com slash streamyard to get started for free uh, 14-day trial. You can continue using all the free features for as long as you want, but you can check out for 14 days the basic plan features, and you can enjoy using 
the platform as it's uh, really an easy way to live stream in high quality with stable video. Uh, and we're, we're so appreciative for this community. The StreamYard community group on Facebook continues to grow. If you're not a member of that, join it. You can ask questions from other users, find a guest, find a co-host, uh, be a guest on somebody's show, uh, ask your questions for different challenges that you might be having using the tool. It's a, it's a great resource. Thank you all so much for being here. Uh, it's so great having you here.